0: every team every topic everywhere this is believed
1: my mind you just wake up and go rake vladimir Guerrero jr's numbers last season were not at all indicative of what his season could have been his batting average last season was 264 that's 35 points less than what his expected batting average was last season of 299 all of his expected numbers were up last season and yet his actual numbers were down
0: follow at wake and rake pod on twitter instagram facebook and TikTok.
1: i'm kind of a big deal
0: here's danny and will
1: what's up party people wake and rake podcast all part believe network episode 114 happy friday those that are listening on on friday should go out on thursday so happy Almost Friday, for those listening, on Thursday evening. Yep, Danny Vietti. I'm solo again because this is Volume 2 of our Glasses Half Full, Glasses Half Empty. Brooksy will be back very, very, very soon. Glasses Half Full, Glasses Half Empty. We did Volume 1 earlier this past week with the National League, which means it's time for the American League. Before we start, thoughts and prayers just go out to... Tim Wakefield's family, uh, Tim Wakefield and Stacy's family is what I should say. The former Red Sox pitcher, of course, passed away just four months ago. And now four months later, heavy hearts. The Red Sox announced that Tim Wakefield's wife, Stacy, also died of cancer and they leave behind two children with them. And, you know, Willie knows that family a whole lot more than I do, but I'd be remiss not to just send out our thoughts and prayers from the entire Wake and Rake podcast to, Anybody that is hurting throughout that situation. One thing I want to mention before we get into glasses half full, glasses half empty. Really cool thing happened in Major League Baseball spring training on Tuesday. The Baltimore Orioles faced off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And a lot of people were upset because it was not televised. And I understand the frustration there. They were upset because of this. Paul Skeen started on the mound for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who was the 2023 number one overall pick in the MLB draft just a year ago. He was throwing to Henry Davis, the 2021 number one overall pick in the MLB draft. That was his catcher, his battery mate for the day. Leading off for the Baltimore Orioles, Jackson Holiday, number one overall MLB draft pick in 2022. And last but not least, Adley Rushman was batting second in the order for the Baltimore Orioles he was the 2019 number one overall pick in the MLB draft. So you have Paul Skeen's number one pick, Henry Davis behind the dish, Jackson Holliday leading off, and Adley Rushman, uh, 2019 number one overall pick. The You know that Squidward meme of like future. That was what was going on at that, that first inning between the Pirates and the Orioles. And by the way, it wasn't televised. I get it. It's frustrations. It's a whole lot of video of it on Twitter, YouTube. So if you haven't saw uh, seen it, go check it out. All right not mess around glasses half full glasses half empty i want to get everybody spring training everybody has a little bit of hope even your bottom feeder teams everybody is hopeful this time of year and that's why i think that's that's what makes this time of year so special doesn't matter what team you are doesn't matter when or where you finished in the standings just a year ago everybody should have hope and i'm going to give you a little bit more hope here with little glasses half full, glasses half empty. I'm going to give every single fan base across Major League Baseball at least one reason to be optimistic. So, yeah, I, t- I talked about the National League and volume one. This is volume two. So, volume two, glasses half full, glasses half empty. Here we go. Let's start in the American League West with the defending champion, Houston Astros. Everybody expected the Texas Rangers to walk away with the division after they led the division for most of the year last year. Well, the Astros kind of came from behind um, late in the season last year. But it was the Texas Rangers, of course, who wound up winning the entire thing and knocking out the Astros in the playoffs, by the way. But we'll start with Houston nonetheless. Of course, they still have Altuve, Alvarez, Bregman. Bregman has – he's in a contract here. He's going to be a free agent after this season, which – Something to keep your eye on as we head into it. So, your glass is half full this year. Their bullpen trio, their 789 trio of Josh Hader, Ryan Presley, and Brian Abreu is probably the best bullpen trio in Major League Baseball in 2024. Brian Abreu was arguably the best setup man in Major League Baseball uh, just a year ago, a guy that sports a 98 plus mile and fastball. Most guys in the bullpen do nowadays, but this is a guy that has just immense movement to his fastball, has a great breaking ball to go along with it, and a great slider. Last year, Brian Abreu, 72 innings pitched, three and two record, and a 1.75 earn run average for Brian Abreu. Well, now Brian Abreu is probably going to be taking a little bit, not a back seat, but a different role, and that he'll probably fit in somewhere in that seven, eighth inning role. And then Ryan Presley, who, in my opinion, is has been the best postseason pitcher in Major League Baseball of this era. The numbers support that he has a career ERA around one, and he's blown one save and I think thirty-five plus chances across his career. So you have Brian Abreu, the best setup man in baseball. Ryan Presley, in my opinion, has been the best postseason relief arm of this era. And I haven't even gotten to who they acquired in the offseason. That's Josh Hader, who I would argue has been the best closer overall over the past six, seven years in totality. Josh Hader has been the most dominant closer in Major League Baseball. That's your glasses half full. Glasses half empty. Houston Astros have zero top 100 prospects this year. Houston is not rebuilding, obviously. So it's not exactly alarming. A lot of reasons to have glasses half full, but one would be that, you know, the future, especially I mentioned with Alex Bregman potentially hitting free agency, they have yet to extend Kyle Tucker as well. Um, So, you know, if you're looking ahead, looking to the future for Houston, that's something to keep your eye on. Zero top 100 prospects in Major League Baseball. They're one of the few teams without a single player amongst the top 100, according to MLB.com. Moving on to the Texas Rangers, the defending champion, World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Of course, Texas was able to hoist their first commissioner's trophy for the very first time in franchise history just a year ago. And now they're coming back with uh, even more firepower. Because I say that because the glass is half full. With They are the defending champs with Evan Carter and Wyatt Langford. Yeah, they have even more young kids coming up. I think you could make the case that maybe they weren't a ahead of schedule a year ago, but a team that was coming off of, I think they won 70 games um, in 2022. And then before that, they won 50 to 60 games in 2021. So for them to come back and, and not just make the playoffs, but speed race their way, all the way to winning their first title, I think you could make the argument that they're a little bit ahead of schedule. And I say that while also knowing that their number three hitter in the postseason last year, was 21 year old Evan Carter Evan Carter this year is going to be turning 22 years old we'll probably saw it into that three4 hole Evan Carter last year in the regular season hit 306 with an OPS of 1058 five homers that was across 23 ball games and in his first postseason at 20 21 years old he turned 21 last year uh he hits 300 on the dot a 917 OPS. And he's had 10 extra base hits in the postseason last year. So you have another, I say another, you're going to have your first full year of Evan Carter. And haven't even gotten to Wyatt Lankford, who is their other top prospect right behind Evan Carter, another top 100 prospect, according to MLB.com and Baseball America. Wyatt Langford is just 22 years old. Last season with eh, between, he really bounced. I mean, he flew up the ranks. Uh, he was drafted out of Florida in the first round in 2023. So, People are thinking he's pretty much big league ready after already having some Division One college seasons under his belt. Last year, he went all the way from rookie ball all the way up to AAA. He went rookie ball, single A, double A, triple A, all in a single season. That kind of gives you an idea of how fast this kid's developing. Last year in AAA, he batted 368, albeit it was only five games. Um, most of his time um, last year was spent actually in – NCAA with the Florida Gators where you at 373, 21 home runs, 57 RBI. So yeah, defending champs and you have two young kids that you're slotting into your lineup. Glasses half empty for the Texas Rangers. There's some starting pitching question marks. Up top, you still have Nathan Ivaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning. After that, you have three different injured options. Very, very elite injured options. But it's kind of a paradox, right? To say elite... And injured in the same sentence, um, you're leaving some questions up on the board. So, for example, Jacob DeGrom, arguably the best pitcher in Major League Baseball when he's healthy. Problem is, he hasn't been healthy and he's coming off of Tommy John surgery. After that, they also have Tyler Mail and Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer has dealt with back issues each of the past, really, four or five seasons. He's going to be 40 years old this season. Tyler Mail, by the way, also coming off of Tommy John surgery. So, you have... Your top four starters, Eovaldi, Gray, Heaney, and not to mention Eovaldi has had injury history as well. Um, but if, let's say, best case scenario, DeGrom, Mail, Scherzer, they're all able to make it back from the injuries that they suffered. It, it, it would be a stretch to just automatically slot them in as being 100%. So that would be my glasses half empty for the Rangers as the bottom of their rotation. God forbid something happened to the top of their rotation, but the bottom of their rotation could really have some question marks. Moving on to Southern California, where the Los Angeles Angels will try to fill the void of Shohei Ohtani. So I'll just start with the glasses half empty, although the Angels a little bit differently because that's kind of the elephant in the room. Glasses half empty is no Shohei Ohtani. And I say that while also understanding that you don't need to have the best player in Major League Baseball to win more games, as ridiculous as that sounds. But we've seen time and time again that baseball is a one through nine lineup. You know, you could have Mike Trout in your lineup, 160 games for a season and not make the playoffs. Yeah, I've seen it for the past decade. Well, in this case, um, case Shohei Otani doesn't necessarily mean they're going to lose fewer games. We've seen crazier things happen. But more so than anything, less incentive to just get out to the ballpark and watch your team. Right. If you're an Angels fan, even though they were losing games, watching Shohei Otani on a day to day basis and being able to root for him, wear his jersey, buy buy all the apparel. um, That was something that Angels fans had that nobody had. Now he's cross-town rival. I say rival. I understand it's National League, American League. But, you know, there's some Southern California bitterness there that's going to be tough to watch. So glass is half empty. No Shohei for the Angels. Glass is half full, and I kind of already touched on it. It's kind of a make or break year for Mike Trout in Los Angeles. He was asked before the spring training started about his future with the Los Angeles Angels. And Trout said that he is committed and devoted and loyal to the Angels. He did. However, he did mention that there could potentially come a time that a trade request is has to be made. And there's a lot of question marks with this ownership group. Originally, Artie Moreno was intending on selling the team. Now that those plans have subsided, now there are no plans to sell the team. There are questions of payroll. There's questions with roster uh, construction. The farm system has been really a flip of the coin up in the air. A lot of question marks. Joe Adela has never really been able to quite figure it out. So um, future-wise, there's some questions when it comes to the Angels. And so I, I call it a make or break year because... You could hear it with Trout's words that he's running out of time as a 32-year-old player. He's going to be turning 33 this season. Obviously, he's still one of the better players in Major League Baseball when he's healthy. But if the Angels, again, just can't seem to get on the same page with winning-wise, that hourglass is going to start running out for Trout. It, it sucks to say, but it, it's fair to say that the prime of Mike Trout is mo- most likely in the rearview mirror. And unfortunately, we have yet to see him on the big stage of the postseason. Nobody knows that more than Mike Trout. So I think it could be a make or break year. Let's go up north to my Puget Sound Moosin. Seattle Mariners, glasses half full, is they have zero players set to hit for agency after this season. I say zero, I more so mean notable players. Um, all of their guys are controlled at least through the 2025 season, including J.P. Crawford, Julio Rodriguez, Jorge Polanco, Mitch Garver. Uh, Cal Raleigh, Ty France, their pitching rotation, Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu. Very rare in Major League Baseball to have an entirety of a starting rotation under team control for two, three, even four years. Seattle can say that. Uh, They extended Luis Castillo, so they'll have him for a few more years. Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Bryce Miller, Brian Wu, they're not going to hit for agency for a few more years. So they're going to have Three more years, exactly. Um, So look, you're going to have your top five starters under team control. They're going to be mostly affordable. There's going to be arbitration on the the horizon. But your glasses half full is payroll-wise. You have some flexibility. And uh, for agency-wise, you're not losing anybody um, that's, that's center to your core. Glasses half empty for these Seattle Mariners. Front office and payroll hesitations. I mentioned how they have some flexibility. But... Jerry DePoto in that front office really hasn't gone after any A-listers in recent years. You saw the, the tide turn a little bit with Seattle. Once Julio Rodriguez came up, they finally ended the drought after two plus decades. You expected the C- uh, Seattle Mariners to put their foot on gas pedal a little bit. Instead, it's been more of a stick shift, right? Like they've been shifting from third gear to fourth gear, back down to second gear. Last year, they got rid of their closer, Paul Sewold. Players, included we're questioning those moves because Seattle was only a couple games out of a wild card spot. I'm questioning what this front office is doing exactly, because it seems like they don't really want to spend money with the big boys, such as the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Red Sox. I say the Red Sox, that's probably a bad example right now. But your normal big spenders, it seems like Seattle in that front office is hesitant to become one of those marquee spending teams. And instead, they're kind of settling for being just a middle of the road payroll team and maybe that's not such a bad thing as long as you can construct your roster very creatively such as like an Anthopoulos over in atlanta but you still got to be able to spend some money and know when to spend the money i mentioned you have zero notable players hitting for agency and you have a starting rotation that is under team control for the next few years i haven't gotten to julio rodriguez who's under team control for the next eight plus years put your foot down on the gas pedal And I think the time could be coming up soon for the Mariners down to the East Bay, the Oakland A's glasses half full for the Oakland A's is that Las Vegas is anything but certain. Everything that I'm hearing right now is the funds. They're having a tough time getting the money together and and, and location wise, particularly they keep up coming out with new, um, stadium proposals they keep coming out with it's going to be this side of the tropicana it's going to be located this spot across from the mgm grand um the mayor of las vegas came out and said that the plans to move the oakland a's to las vegas not looking great right now the mayor for oakland has come out and obviously showed her displeasure boycotts are still doing the reverse boycotts um it's an absolute cesspool on Twitter anytime that these uh the Oakland A's tweet anything. In fact, they've turned off their replies on social media for that very reason. So my glass is out full for the A's is that I do think that saying that the A's are moving to Las Vegas, uh you're jumping the gun a little bit because I don't believe anything that that front office and that ownership says. I take everything they say with a grain of salt. By that same token, the glass is half empty for the A's because I do think the environment this year is going to be pretty toxic. Not to say that the fans don't know what they're talking about and that it's at all going to get violent or physical. It's not what I'm saying at all. But the vo- the boycotts, the reverse boycotts, it can get really emotional for people. I, you know, I was at the first reverse boycott a year ago and I was interviewing different folks and different fans and they were just express, uh, expressing their emotions and, and how much this organization means to them and how angry they were at ownership. So I think Glass is Half Empty for the A's this year, just separate, of course, from the product on the field. It's just going to be the emotions that go with this year. It's just going to be a lot of non-baseball activity that's going to be focused on in Oakland. All right, American League West is behind us. Let's head to the American League Central. Speaking of anything but guaranteed. Minnesota Twins are your reigning champions, and they were finally able to win a playoff series, knocking out the Tampa Bay Rays. And Minnesota Twins behind Royce Lewis, um, Carlos Correa, and their stud starting staff are showing a lot of promise. However, they, of course, lost one of the key members of that starting staff, Sonny Gray, to free agency. He has gone on to the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, their starting rotation is still looking very stout. Pablo Lopez, Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, And they're actually going to get back Chris Paddock, who they traded for from San Diego about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, Chris Paddock was actually formerly the ace of the Padres 95 plus on average fastball uh, really known more for the changeup that he possesses. He underwent Tommy John surgery was never really able to hit his stride with San Diego. Um, The timing was off a little bit, but Nonetheless, Paddock's going to be back. And they also added Anthony, Anthony DeScafani, who was oftentimes an all-star caliber pitcher with San Francisco over the past few years. Now, glasses half full for the Minnesota Twins. Byron Buxton sounds and looks healthy, as is Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis tore his ACL twice, former number one overall pick, Royce Lewis. Well, he finally got healthy last year. And showed on the big stage in the playoffs last year just what Royce Lewis is capable of when he's on the field. Byron Buxton, this is going to be coming up on his 10th MLB season. He has yet to eclipse 100 games in a single season. We all know what Byron Buxton is capable of. Not just being an all-star caliber player. Byron Buxton is an MVP candidate when he's 100%. Problem is, he hasn't really been 100% for very long across his MLB career. But Byron Buxton was interviewed um, here in spring training. He said his goal this offseason, his training, was to be able to play center field again. Last year, they DH'd him a lot because they were trying to protect him from playing too many games and putting too much stress on his body. Nonetheless, um, it wound up ha- happening and, and getting injured anyway. So, um, But Buxton looks, sounds healthy. He, he's really confident in what his training regimen will allow him to, to do this next season. So glasses half full for the Twins, Royce Lewis, Byron Buxton, uh, Buxton, excuse me, are healthy. And I already mentioned their glasses half empty, which is they lost their ace in Sonny Gray, and they also lost their starting second baseman. And you could make the argument, kind of their face of the franchise over the last eight years or so in Jorge Polanco.
0: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.
1: Detroit Tigers, glasses half full as their young core is finally here and it has arrived and they really showed some promise the last two months of the season last year. If you look at the American League Central standings in the second half last year, it was the Twins that ran away with the division. But after that, it was the Tigers that were hovering around 500 just a season ago, especially in the second half of the season. Riley Green got injured, which stunted his growth and development a little bit. He's coming back, and he will be healthy. Spencer Torkelson hit, I think it was, 15-plus home runs in the second half last season. He's showing 30-plus home run potential. Kerry Carpenter, they brought in Mark Cana, and, of course, they still have Javier uh, Baez, which that contract is tough. And uh, Look, I'll say this about Baez. You do not know what you're going to get with the bat with Baez, but if you look at his defensive metrics last year, he... He ranked in uh, his top five in outs above average and defensive runs saved. So, Baez is still going to be swinging at junk in the dirt. That's just who he is. That's his identity, and he doesn't seem to be changing much. But defensively, he's still got it with the glove and the arm. By the way, uh, Middlebrook said this on an earlier episode, and I think when we were doing bold predictions, is look out for Tarek Skubel as being a Cy Young candidate. He's coming off of... Uh, a couple of years of, of fighting some, some injuries. I believe it was Tommy John surgery that Skubal dealt with two years ago. Well, Skubal is now sporting from the left-hand side. His first spring training start, he was throwing 97, 98 miles per hour. Um, kids real. And they also brought in Jack Flaherty, Kenta Maeda, to help with that starting rotation. Detroit. We mentioned this in bullet Predictions as well. Detroit could be back. I know Middlebrooks is a big, a big believer in that core. Glasses half-empty you still have the hobby Baez contract. Chicago White Sox. White Sox are so strange because I was watching them in spring training the other day. I was kind of doing a deep dive on their roster and their numbers. Remember when the White Sox, like the future was looking so promising. Like the future was like, oh man, like Andrew Vaughn is going to be a stud. Luis Robert, quote, the next Mike Trout. Uh, Joan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez. Like you had this young core that they were starting to build around. And they also made the playoffs two straight years, 2020 and 2021. All of a sudden, they brought in Tony La Russa as their manager, not saying he was the culprit, but all of a sudden, the wheels just completely fell apart. Any sort of momentum that this organization had, completely lost. I look at this roster now, and I'm not saying that the White Sox are going to be making some noise this year necessarily, but a lot of that same core that we once had so much hope for they're still there. Andrew Vaughn's still there. Luis Robert's still there. Yohan Moncada, Eloy Jimenez. Look at the starting rotation. We loved Dylan Cease, Michael Kopeck when they were coming up through the system. Cease and Kopech are going to be slotted into starting pitching roles this season. So my glasses half full for the White Sox is that their top five hitters in their lineup are all All Star capable players. It's no guarantee, but Andrew Benintendi can be an All Star caliber player. Andrew Vaughn could turn into an all-star caliber player. Luis Robert, absolutely MVP type candidate. Yoan Moncada, bit of a coin flip, coin flip, but he has shown all-star potential. And then Eloy Jimenez, as long as the guy can just stay on the field, he's one of the better DHs in the American League when he's healthy. So the glass is half empty. They went 61 and 101 last year. And they're about the same roster this year as they were the last. They're just kind of in a standstill mode where contract-wise, Luis Robert's kind of been floated in trade rumors. Dylan Cs has been floated in tra- trade rumors. Their bullpen, mostly built from younger guys, um, not really showing a willingness to compete. Their long- the biggest contract that they've ever handed out was to Andrew Benintendi, just over $70 million. So ownership is still really not... Willing to invest into a roster long-term, big contract-wise. Kansas City Royals. Fun offseason for Kansas City. They were able to bring in Hunter Renfro, Adam Frazier, Garrett Hampson, Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, Will Smith in the bullpen, Nick Anderson in the bullpen, Chris Stratton in the bullpen, Kyle Wright they acquired from Atlanta. Kyle Wright's a former ace for the Atlanta Braves and All-Star, albeit has dealt with a lot of injuries of late. But Kansas City in a division, yes, the Twins are the best team in this division on paper. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Injuries happen. Maybe that there could be a, there could be an opening in the American League Central, and maybe the Royals, glasses half full, a lot of new faces, and they had a winning record in September last year. Bobby Witt Jr. ended the season very, very strongly. And you look at his baseball savant numbers, as good, as good as anybody's, both in the field. And with the bat, so you have that young core with Bobby Witt Jr. and now you're bringing in some veteran leadership. Kansas City, a lot of people like them as a sleeper team this year. I don't love them as much, but um, a lot, some some fun new faces. Glasses half empty is questionable future with Brady Singer in their farm system. A lot of the guys that they have up on their big league roster are. You know, th- their former bigger prospects. Now you look at the top 100, Kansas City, you don't see that logo popping up too much in the prospect system. Bobby Witt Jr., obviously, is going to be phenomenal. Um, keep an eye on Michael Garcia. He, if you look at his metrics, especially with the bat last year, exit velocity, um, hard hit percentage, he rated very, very highly. So keep an eye on Michael Garcia. But overall, future wise, prospect wise, Kansas City has uh, some left to be. Uh, desired and lastly in the american league central is the cleveland guardians i like to call the fighting stephen votes yes new manager stephen vote that's my glasses half full because i'm an Orcow guy and i've rooted for stephen vote my entire life he was under recruited he wound up going to azusa pacific a division two school in southern california 12th round of the 2007 amateur draft out of azusa pacific so yeah he, he was never really considered like this big prospect and yet he made a career out of himself mostly in Oakland Oakland uh, I made two all-star teams back in 2015 2016 he was a bench coach with Seattle last year which was his first coaching gig and less than two years after retiring this is his first managerial gig with Cleveland Cleveland has a nice starting pitching staff but a roster that leaves some desired as well um, but my glasses half full is vote is an elite culture builder, and also I had they had the ninth best earn run average as a team last year in Major League Baseball, three point nine six ERA. Glasses half empty, they have a lot of trade candidates. Shane Bieber is expected to be on the trade block, uh, trading block. He was this offseason. A deal did not um, come to fruition. With him and his free agency on the cusp, Shane Bieber, Emmanuel Classe was also floated in rumors. I do wonder if Jose Ramirez, how long he's going to stay in Cleveland. Look, he has a no trade clause and there's a lot that would have to go into a trade for Jose Ramirez, but Cleveland clearly, if not rebuilding, they're definitely retooling. Um, I wonder how long Jose Ramirez, who's creeping up on 32, 33 years old. I wonder how long he wants to stick around in Cleveland. Although, obviously, the extension that he signed just a year and a half ago clearly showed that he wanted to stay. But I do question how long he will stay. And finally, we kick it over to the American League East. Let's start in the Bronx. Glasses half-full for the Yankees is that Juan Soto is in a contract year. There is a direct correlation between players, and how they perform in the season right before they're about to hit free agency. Juan Soto, there have been extension um, offers from both the Washington Nationals and the San Diego Padres. Juan Soto was not willing to really engage and entertain those offers. He and his agent, Scott Boris, are intending on hitting for agency. Kind of like the Mookie Betts situation was in Boston. They want their opportunity to make the big bucks. Well, Juan Soto... The last couple of years, don't get me wrong, Juan Soto, all-star caliber player, walk percentage, he's led the league in walks each of the past, I think, four or five years. His plate discipline is the best in Major League Baseball. Before last year, there were question marks like, ooh. Like when he was with San Diego, especially, people were wondering, like maybe he should have taken that $400-plus extension that the Washington Nationals offered him before he was traded over to San Diego. Because there's a lot of people think that his stock, has been stunted a little bit over this past year and a half since he got traded away from Washington. So I do think that there's some money to be left either out on the table or some money to be made on the table for Juan Soto this year if he has a monster year. And there's a lot of players right now for New York that are kind of in that make it or break it type campaign, including Giancarlo Stanton. So glasses half full, Juan Soto's in a contract year, and typically players play their best in a contract season. Glasses half empty for the Yankees, is I still think the front office and really the organization and that fan base is stuck in the 1990s and 2000s. There have been quotes that have floated around, either from Brian Cashman, different people in the organization, really not willing to put their arms around the whole analytical approach to baseball. And I think it's really hurt them in recent years, particularly not being able to get past the Houston Astros. And now you have other teams in the American League that are looking like forces such as the Texas Rangers, a team that really plays into analytics well. They have a great scouting department. So I think the Yankees have really built their organization, their current roster out of what they've done for a hundred plus years. And that's buying players and getting just building a, um, a roster built on names. Whereas in this era of major league baseball, it's got to be a balance, right? It's got to be a balance of payroll, plus analytics. I think the Yankees front office have yet to really embrace this new analytical approach. That's my glasses half empty. And now we go to a Baltimore defending champs this year. And boy, their future is looking even brighter this year. Glasses half full for the Baltimore Orioles is they had the best record in the American League. And now they're carrying that into this season with some playoff experience. Look at the Baltimore Orioles roster. Gunnar Henderson 22 years old. Adley Rutschman's, 26. Austin Hayes, 28. Cedric Mullins, 29. Ryan Mountcastle, 27. Jackson Holliday, not in the big leagues yet, but is expected to potentially be their shortstop or second baseman later this year. He's just 20 years old. Starting rotation-wise, they acquired Corbin Burns, who's 29. Grayson Rodriguez, 24. Dean Kramer, 28. Tyler Wells, 29. Talk about youth movement. Glasses half empty for the Baltimore Orioles this year. However, is Kyle Bradish and Felix Batista are going to start the season on the injured list. And Felix Batista in particular, likely going to be out for the entirety of the 2024 season after undergoing Tommy John surgery October 9th of 2023. So barring a miraculous uh, turnaround, Batista's probably out. Kyle Bradish, he went into spring training, felt some tightness. He's going to be on a shelf to start the season, and and, and uh, it could could be Tommy John on the horizon for Kyle Bradish as well. It it's something in his elbow. Um, let's hope that doesn't that doesn't happen. But we've seen in, in in times past, and history tells us that anytime you see something wrong with that UCL, typically Tommy John is going to be an option on the table. So uh, the Orioles look; they're just as good as they are last season, only a little bit more experienced. Now we go up to the great north, up to the sixth with the Toronto Blue Jays. Glasses half full for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's at Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s numbers last season. were not at all indicative of what his season could have been. Let me break it down for you. So the leaders last year in batting average minus expected batting average. Number one in the league among qualified hitters, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. His batting average last season was 264. That's 35 points less than what his expected batting average was last season of 299. And we we flip it over to the slugging percentage expected slugging, actual slugging last year, Vladimir Guerrero jr. First in the American league with the most slugging minus expected slugging his actual slugging last, last season 444 His expected slugging percentage last year. 503. Vladdy's, Actual weighted on-base average was 340. His expected weighted on-base average was 378. And you look at his year-over-year year growth. Exit velocity stayed relatively the same, 92.8 in 2022, 92.1 in 23. Look at his sweet spot percentage. It was up. His expected batting average is up. All of his expected numbers were up last season, and yet his actual numbers were down. His walk percentage went up last year. His whiff percentage was went down actually from 24.4 to 23 per, uh, 23%. So his whiff percentage is down, which means he's hitting more balls. And in his hard hit percentage exit velocity, right around the same. And his expected numbers were amongst the least lucky across Major League Baseball. So all indications are is this is kind of like a uh, a case where he's hitting balls just as hard as he ever was last season, but he wasn't really getting the results that he was hoping for. So glasses half full for the Toronto Blue Jays this year. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., all the numbers say that he's going to turn around, turn it around this season. Glasses half empty for the Blue Jays. is I don't think they really got any better. They really had no upgrades. They lost three key members of their lineup, assuming that Matt Chapman is not resigning with the ball club. And all indications is that he's not. Uh, they, you look at their line, like what they brought in, they they replaced Brandon Belt with Justin Turner. I don't really consider that much of an upgrade, especially considering Brandon Belt had a really strong campaign last year when he's on the field. Uh, they bring in Isaiah Kenneth Falefa. They brought in Daniel Vogelbach to kind of be a platoon DH with Turner. And then pitching wise, they did not make any additions at all. So pitching wise, they're the same club. And then lineup wise, either the same team or. They brought in a couple guys, and you can kind of pick and choose, and, and you know split hairs onto which better in this situation or that. So I think the glass is half empty for the Blue Jays is they were a good team last year and they're a good roster, but I don't think they really got much better this off season. Tampa Bay Rays, glass is half full is they've made the playoffs five straight years, and every every everything in the book tells us that Tampa Bay is not going to win many games this year, and yet. They can constantly prove us wrong. They're never the betting favorites on paper. They don't light you up. And yet last year, especially in the first half of the season, before they lost their shortstop to uh, Wanda Franco to uh, his off field issues and everything going on legally in his home country, uh, they were the best offense in Major League Baseball. Now, in the second half of the season, as I mentioned, they lost their shortstop to legal issues. And then you saw a lot of those numbers start to decline a little bit. I just talked about with Vlady Jr. Expected numbers, actual numbers. I think a lot of those numbers in the first half of the season with the Rays, they started to creep back down to actual averages, law of averages. But you look at their lineup this year, it's a lot of the same. Yanni Diaz, Brandon Lau, Roserena, Josh Lau. However, glass is half empty for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Tyler now was traded over to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Shane Baz, we haven't seen him pitch since July of 2022. Tommy John surgery sidelined him in 2023. Jeffrey Springs, he underwent Tommy John surgery last season in the middle of the year. Same with Shane McClanahan. McClanahan was their, you know, their real uh, horse in the rotation, especially when Glasnow was very injury prone. He was the guy. So Glasnow, Baz, Springs, McClanahan, and then also their wins above replacement leader was Wanda Franco. And we all know now that Wanda Franco It's not just that he won't be back this season. He may not be back, you know, seeing what we're seeing legal-wise. It's a question of whether we ever see Wander Franco ever pick up a baseball ever again. And finally, the last team for glasses half full, glasses half empty. And I teased everyone because all of you guys are probably Middlebrooks lovers. And so I figured I'd save the Red Sox for my last team here to tease you as much as I could. Glasses half full for the Boston Red Sox is that you are going to get a full season of Trevor Story, finally. Yeah, you signed Trevor Story to this massive deal, six-year, $140 million contract. 2022, he played 94 games. In 2023, he played 43 games. So what you're hoping for here in 2024, and all indications are that he is 100%, finally, is that you get a full season of Trevor Story. And this lineup is is, is pretty solid, but considering the pitching, they're going to have to outscore some teams, and they're going to need a healthy Trevor Story. Jaron Duran, Raphael Devers, Trista Casas, Trevor Story, Yoshida. They brought in Tyler O'Neill this offseason, and they also traded away Chris Sale, brought in Von Grissom. Expected to play more of a utility role for the Red Sox. Starting pitching-wise, you bring in Lucas Giolito to help in the rotation. Uh, brought in some, uh, some bullpen options as well. Liam Hendricks, albeit he'll start the season on the injured list. Glasses half-empty for the Red Sox, as there's kind of a lack of energy and questions with ownership. Right now, and and what the direction is payroll wise. Rafael Devers was asked when spring training started about the off season, how he thought it went, and he basically said, via his English translator, is we all know what we need, we all know that what the organization how they could have built this roster better, and um, you know it's out in the open now, which I think is for the best because when you just push everything down, start questioning ownership, then you start to see a change in culture. You do not want that. So it's out in the open right now for better or for worse. But I just think right now, especially when you look at the division, Yankees, you know, their stocks rising a little bit, especially after getting Soto Orioles, their stocks never been higher. Blue Jays are still relatively climbing Uh, the Rays. Like I said, they've made the playoffs five straight years and the Red Sox, the lone exception in the American League. He's I think their stock has gone down in recent years, especially from the fans perspective, because there is no rebuilding years in Boston. That's not what they do. This is a team and a town that is expected to compete for a title year in and year out. So I think glasses half empty for the Boston Red Sox is there's a lot of question marks, particularly from that fan base over what the direction of this ball club is going to be. All right, volume two, just like that. It's all wrapped up. Middlebrooks will be back. We have breakout players on the horizon. We have more spring training previews. We have a little game that I like to call Did You Know He Was Still Playing? Middlebrooks is going to have an absolute blast with that. Appreciate you guys tuning in for both Volume 1 and Volume 2. If you're just catching on here on American League, again, Volume 1 was nationally teamed, so definitely go back and watch Episode 113. This was Episode 114, Glasses Half Full, Glasses Half Empty, for the 2024 MLB season. Wake and Rake podcast, all part of the Believe Network. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll speak soon. Peace out.